Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, a great Ram Nation partner that prides itself on excellent service and delivering you the vehicle that is right for you. They've been in business for more than 50 years, and they are the largest dealership in northern Colorado. Winter is here, and at some point, we're actually anticipating some snow. And when that happens, you'll want a vehicle that can handle the conditions like the all-wheel drive Camry, Highlander, RAV4, 4Runner, and the new Corolla Crossover. Peterson Toyota's knowledgeable, friendly staff will help you find a great vehicle for you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota a first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Canalamessa, joined by Mike Rowe and a very special guest, our monthly guest, who not very kindly had to postpone earlier this month, but uh, was very kind. I'm just kidding. Was very kind to join us here before Christmas to talk about the new hire of Coach Jay Norvell and the state of basketball and much more. We have Athletic Director Joe Parker. Joe, congratulations on a really good hire that has reinvigorated the fan base and I've never seen quite the the positivity from our fan base like I'm seeing right now and uh, I think that this figurehead that we've got in charge of the football program is one that I know that I'm excited to rally around he's like seems like a great great person a great leader and is doing everything right already in his first couple weeks here so congratulations yeah thanks Joel um appreciate that and and you know, for me too, it was nice to see the the narrative around the fan base flip so quickly and people getting energized about what's ahead. And we got to keep that momentum, keep that focus. We don't want to look too much at the past. You know, we had talked off air and and I know you would rather look at the future. Just a couple questions on how you arrived at your decision. We had talked during our last, it was this, was this uh, November, Mike, that we had our call and it, it to say the least, November. First week in November, and uh, it was by far our most listened to podcast, by far. I'm almost double of any other episode we've ever had. Obviously, it was the most scrutinized in every single word. Um, but you, one of the comments that you had made was how important it was. You were adamant about keeping continuity and you know how, how continuity is important in building a program. We all had to exercise patience. What flipped a switch for you? as we got towards the end of the season and you decided to make the move to uh, change coaches? Yeah, for, for me, you know, it's, it's, you know, the season and the totality. So it's not just football, but every one of our programs, we wait to the end to kind of give a full evaluation, a full assessment of where, where we think we are and how that would be a platform to build towards the future. And, uh, you know, got to the end of the season and, and, you know, it, it was a rough year, um, you know, self-acknowledged, a very tough year, had some bright spots in it, some things I, I felt were showing positive progress and, and uh, you know, talked a lot about it at the post-game, or rather the, the press conference where we uh, announced the decision to separate from and, and I And I think for me, it was just, you know, kind of the full reflection on the season where we had been, um, you know, certainly how the fan base was responding uh, where I thought we could build from. And, and it's critical for us to have success in football. Um, you know, it is for every department, but, but we've made some big commitments that, um, you know, I hope our fan base understands that, that they, you know, play a role in that. You know, it seems like every time I bring that up, people want to be critical of me, but, you know, if we want to, if we want to achieve what we uh, believe we can achieve, and that's all of us, myself included, it's going to take us all locking arms and, and 
moving forward. So, you know, I, I just felt the better chance for us to move forward was going to be with new leadership. And, uh, you know, now at this point, feel really confident that we made the right decision, that we put ourselves in the best position to, to take advantage of everything that we know is special about CSU. So, Joe, during the introductory press conference uh, for Coach, Coach Norvell, you thank President McConnell uh, for her leadership and her creativity with the new hire. Um, what were the conversations with President McConnell and our Board of Governors during this process? Yeah, you know, in, in my role, I, I really don't liaison directly with the Board of Governors. I rely on, you know, executive leadership of the university to, to do that, you know, and I obviously you know, whatever input's coming from the board makes its way to me through through that conduit. Um, you know, I, what I really appreciated about Joyce in, in every way is that she grants appropriate autonomy. You know, she's she uh, you know, she's not the subject area expert in athletics. Um, she's a, a really sound leader, great decision maker. And, um, you know, I outlined a process to her that I thought would lead to an expeditious outcome. Um, you know, in every search, I mean, this is this is going to be the most simplistic thing ever stated, but your compensation um, really determines the pool. Um, you know, you see a lot of names out there that some are realistic, some would not be. And these are, you know, volunteered by fans and others. And and so, you know, the list gets defined uh, pretty quickly. But, you know, I, I think I outlined the process. Um, in, in the press conference, you know, I wanted a, a small group. Um, Steve Cottingham is, is really an important person in our department as it relates to understanding the full function of intercollegiate athletics on our campus and a really good decision maker. Um, Albert Bemper is a, a really special person and a, 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 and a remarkable critical thinker and has extraordinary football knowledge and, and specific to CSU and the fact that he played here and, and was one of our greats. Um, and I wanted some, I wanted representation directly um, from Joyce's office so that we, you know, could understand, you know, her, her thought process in a very intimate way. And so Janelle Beavers was the answer for that. She's the vice president for strategic initiatives and, and uh, you know, has not been with the university long, but has really gained a lot of trust and confidence uh, from those of us in athletics. And, you know, I, I thought Janelle would be an important person to have a part of that process. So it was the, the four of us that kind of jumped into the third floor conference room at, at McGraw and just worked through the problem, um, you know, and, and just started kind of building it. And, and, and of course we, we sought outside uh, help, you know, the, Collegiate Sports Associates is led by Todd Turner and Craig Littlepage. Um, Todd's been an athletics director at the Division I level at several institutions in the A5. And then Craig Littlepage um, had been the AD at, at, at the University of Virginia for a long, long time. And, and what was really unique about those, um, uh, those fellas and, and the business that they operate is that they'd done four searches prior to ours. So they'd been in the market. They had kind of, um, you know, had been active in those conversations and they were instrumental in just managing the logistics. You know, they're, they're not making the decision. They're, you know, they're offering their input because they're valuable voices, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's got to be us as a university making that choice. And, and what made it really easy in a lot of ways is that Jay, Jay was motivated and he, uh, 
he showed interest immediately and, and we, you know, had mutual interest and it just kept building over the, the weekend. You know, we took Saturday and Sunday to have our meetings with the external parties that had interest in our job. And by Sunday evening, we were, we were, you know, deeper in a discussion with, with uh, Jay and, and uh, I think it was about midnight on that Sunday night, we had a, a term sheet executed and, and uh, we're planning, he says, his arrival and the announcement and, and everything that comes after that. As Mike said, during that con- press conference, you had used the word creative, that President McConnell was creative in helping get this done. I assume that means, in part anyway, that she had creative solutions for helping with the buyout. How did CSU address the buyout, considering we're already paying one with Coach Bobo? Was it a rainy day fund? Or how, how do you guys get that done? Yeah, we're, we're still working through that. And that's some of the things that, that, you know, I think Joyce will have to navigate with the board. Um, don't have any specifics I'd like to offer with, you know, on the call today, but, but just the fact that, you know, she was um, energized in that space and, and really motivated to help us, you know, that that's a, a big, uh, big obligation that we have to, you know, work through and, and, um, you know, without, Without her ability to see, you know, the the need to make that happen, it would have been really, really difficult. You know, it would have been impossible. Uh, but, but you know, with with Coach Bobo's buyout, you know, I was pretty clear, managed the compensation in a way that there was, you know, enough uh, enough uh, gap that we could, you know, effectively kind of pay the department back over time. Um, you know, a little bit different situation with Coach Adazio. You know, we did wait, you know, until uh, we hit the most opportune time to make that decision. So. You know, that was that was, uh, you know, you know, a, a, a strategy to help us manage it. Um, and, and then his motivation, you know, he's he's uh, you know, he's going to help. Um, you know, it's kind of going to be a shared effort, you know, that, that uh, we'll get there with with our participation and his participation as it relates to the buyout that's owed to Nevada. So it's uh, it's not obviously ideal to be paying multiple buyouts at once, but I think it's a pretty dang good indicator of CSU's desire and goal to to build winning programs. And well, and, and and Joel, that's you know I, I you know who knows what what the listeners will respond here, but you know that's why it's important for everyone to get involved. I mean, if we if we sell season tickets and group sales and individual sales, and people come in and they they you know buy concessions and you know, get involved and stick with it. I mean, that's, that's the best, most healthiest way that we can address it is if we can, you know, get real strong financial health related to the, the, the game day around football, you know, it's tailgating, it's being present, it's carving out six Saturdays of every fall, you know, it's, it's modifying your life a little bit. Um, It's building a community around our football program. It's, all the things we love, but it's, it's gotta be a commitment from every one of us. And I, I can't, I can't stress that anymore that, you know, I mean, we, we try and do our very best to, to, you know, queue up the proper situation. And I think we're in the best shape we've been in with the leadership of coach Norvell and what he's doing with his football staff. And there's certainly energy around it right now, but that's going to translate into tangible activity. And, and I mean, I can use my voice. I can encourage it. We're going to build a really authentic engagement plan to, you know, to get people to understand who he is and who his coaches are and what they're going to do for this institution as it relates to moving us towards football success. But, but ultimately, it's up to every one of us. And, you know, and that's, and that's keeping the positive voice going right now. I mean, we just have to 
we have to stay away from the negative narratives. I mean, we can't give anyone an excuse not to be a part of this. We've already seen, I've seen some of the, the staunchest naysayers and some of just the, the, the most negative folks completely do a 180 here. So I think we're hopefully on the right track. It all starts with inspiration. And, and this was an inspiring hire. And I think there's a lot of hope and energy, like you said. So, so that's a good, that, it's, it's a good start. Yeah. So I'm relying on you two guys to be the guardian of, of positive attitudes. So it's up to you two. That's a lot of responsibility to bestow on us. Joe. Hey, I know that, but I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, we all have our responsibilities that we have to bear. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to rely on the two of you. So enough said right there. You got it. Well, I, I know I've already, I, thought, I pretty, put, I probably put a target on every one of your foreheads, but you know, let's just keep <laughs> it going. Guys. Oh, believe us. We've, we've heard it, especially after that last podcast, uh, we definitely heard uh, a lot about us uh, from that, <laughs> but I know that, you know, I've already booked, we've already booked our Airbnbs for Pullman and uh, Ann Arbor. So yeah, we're, we're, we're ready. We're ready to help out. We are ready. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. You know, but it, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, I mean, I, I, I tongue in cheek it a little bit, but I'm serious. You know, I mean, if we, if we want to be, you know, and Jay in his press conference, you know, when he when he got up to the podium and made his remarks, you know, and he said this through the process, why can't we be Cincinnati? And we felt that, you know, administratively from, you know, the point that I got here. I mean, we 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 made a significant investment in a stadium project that's been a difference maker. I mean, it's it's meant the world in scheduling, it's what meant the world to engage people to campus. You know, the facility is truly the primary engagement asset of the institution. Um, so we've got to get alumni to care about it and be a part of it. And, you know, there can't be excuses, you know, I mean, I, I get it, you know, your life's busy, you've got youth sports, there's other opportunities to do things over the weekend, but, but we're only asking for six Saturdays a year. And I can't do miracles around kick time. I mean, we just got to lock in, we got to be a part of it, we got to, you know, it can't, it can't be the perfect porridge for everyone, you know, everyone's got to accept some little slight imperfection on the experience whether it's kick time or the weather or or you know whatever inconveniences might result um and we're gonna we're gonna work our tail off to deliver you know i mean our campus presents so well on a game day and and there's still a lot of people that haven't been a part of it and we need to encourage them to be a part of it and it's going to take you know everyone just asking that question of each other you know you've got you got 30 people you know probably that haven't really committed to you know being a part of this so Guys, use your voice too, you know? <laughs> Definitely working on it. Definitely working on it. Uh, kind of the last question about, you know, about what just happened uh, from my, my end. When a change is made at the top like that, it affects a lot more than just the one person publicly let go. And in the state of Colorado, institutions like CSU could only have a limited number of multi-year contracts. Um, so when there's a change in the football program, the coach is not retained by coach, coach Norvell, uh, will they receive, or have they received severance packages? Uh, they, 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 they do. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not a contractual obligation on the part of the institution, but you know, it's, it's, it's a volatile profession. Um, you know, and you're right. I mean, the, the head coach has a lot of protection and presented a lot of financial flexibility by virtue of their employment agreement. But there's, uh, you know, there's 10 assistant coaches and a lot of other people that are in that building that help, help, uh, you know, with the enterprise. And, and when you meet, reach a moment of transition, it's got impact. And I, I talked about that. I mean, that's the, 
you know, the hard thing about it, you know, that's the, the part of the, the humane thing, the, the compassion for people that you've worked alongside for a couple of years in the case of this staff and, you know, their, their, their relationships that, that get disrupted by this and, you know, you want them to have an opportunity. So, you know, severance is important, you know, it, it comes and, you know, benefits for a period of time. And, and hopefully in that period of time, they can find another opportunity and, and pivot into that opportunity. And, and uh, you know, but, you know, we also live in a community that people want to be a part of too. So it's hard, you know, you, you, you know, they're all full, you know, the new staff in this case, you know, Jay, as he comes in and make a, makes an assessment. Um, but uh, that, that's the, the brutal part of, of intercollegiate athletics that, you know, honestly, we all live with and understand too. You mentioned this a little bit earlier, how quickly the identification of candidates happened. Was there a part of you as you were watching Nevada beat us 52 to 10 where a light bulb went off and you're like, Hey, this, this guy across the way might, might not be a bad candidate. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're always thinking about people, but, but honestly at that moment in time, I was, you know, I was focused on assessing our program and trying to understand exactly where we were at and, and how that, you know, platform that, that uh, work that had been put in by, by coach Adazio and his staff for two years was going to help us, you know, reach our, our, our future. So I'm pretty linear. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, you, you do sort of, you know, that, that one thing you want to address it appropriately and right. And I felt like we did with coach Adazio. And then at that point, you know, my total attention was focused on the search and identifying, you know, the, the, the most energizing appropriate leadership for our program. All right, guys, let me pause real quick and give a shout out to Ginger and Baker. My daughter and I visited last week. We had such a great night out at the cafe restaurant. She had the chicken pot pie, which is her favorite, her go-to every time we visit. We also had a bowl of the pumpkin apple bisque soup, which we love. And I tried something new. I tried the Ginger and Baker meatloaf. It was incredible, and I am starving right now and absolutely craving it. We also bought some Christmas gifts at the shop, and the whole restaurant was just festive with great Christmas decorations. We just loved it. Loved our time there. I cannot recommend this place more. It's my favorite place in all of Fort Collins. Visit during the holidays, New Year's, have a meal, have a cocktail, sit at the bar, or visit the newly opened, renovated, and closed rooftop. It is an awesome place. Uh, check it out and support Ginger Graham and Ginger and Baker. You will not be disappointed. All right, Joe. Uh, one of the one of the things that always interests me, you know, as you look through the the contract and the incentives that are listed, and then the buyout terms, are these, you know, are these things that you come up with? Is it is it industry standard kind of things that you work with, um, or is that stuff that a you know, an agency helps kind of set those terms or, or figure out the best way to protect you. And, and then the, the coach's agent helps protect him. How, how does that all come together when you put together a contract with all the buyout terms and the incentives and all that? Yeah. You know, we, we collect a lot of data. We have, a, you know, all the information on every contract, um, you know, from a public institution. So, you, you know, you look within your peer group, you kind of know roughly the parameters of what, you know, what the market is within the Mountain West, you know, what the market is within the group of five, um, you know, you, you, you work with sort of a, you know, a, a term sheet that, that would reflect, you know, kind of that market and where you want to be within that market. And, um, and then, you know, you propose the terms and, and then there's a bit of a negotiation as it relates to, you know, how, how each side, you know, what, what each side wants and feels they need from, from the agreement, from the relationship, but 
you know, for the most part, I'd say 80% of it is really established by the market. And then maybe more than that, maybe close to 90%. And then there's some nuances that, that you identify that might be important to, you know, each party as the conversations evolve. So what did I see to, to win the, the national championship was a hundred thousand dollar bonus, 200,000. Seems like that should be about 10 million. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, the incentive comp is again, kind of driven by, by the market, you know, it's, it's all, you know, at, at the next level up, it, it looks different than it does here. And it's all based upon, you know, our, you know, your, your, your budget and your available resources. And obviously, you know, if that were to happen for us, uh, we'd all be doing backflips and there'd be, <laughs> Right. You know, uh, hopefully, you know, a lot of revenue into the, into the system for us. Right. You know, you, you, one of the things that you said during the press conference as well uh, was the dismay that it causes you to, to disrupt the student athletes, college careers with a decision like this and meeting with them. And, and then, you, you know, as, as the days go on and you see the current players depart they decide to transfer and then you see what's happening with coach Norvell bringing in a lot of his former players at Nevada and there's almost like a decimation of players uh, roster there is this all just a part of today's college football do you lament that at all with the way that the direction of college football has gone or is this just part of the business um you know that that's an interesting comment observation you know question that you're asking of me um you know, there's a lot of criticism of the NCAA. You know, we're a membership organization. And, and believe me, I understand we've, we've gotten many, many things wrong over time and certainly um, deserve a lot of the criticism that, that people, um, you know, aim towards the membership organization. Uh, you know, everyone kind of thinks it's and believes it's this empire and, and in uh, Indianapolis, and certainly there's a, an infrastructure that you know that that kind of puts the whole thing together on behalf of all of us. But but I think for the most part, those of us that are practitioners of of intercollegiate athletics on a daily basis um, care first and foremost about the student experience. And a lot of what we've done over time is to try and anticipate and protect students. Um, I think the transfer rule. Uh, had evolved over time to do just that, to try and help students focus on the main thing, which is, you know, uh, basically, you know, continuity in their academic experience, you know, playing time for students is important. They're passionate about their program, but life that's hopefully preparing them for, you know, the next 40 or 50. Um, but you know, the, the media, uh, the students themselves, you know, there's a lot of rallying around, let's create more flexibility, let's, um, you know, remove some of these restrictions, they're inhibitors to what students want, um, you know, and I think the media and, and the students themselves and other advocates, you know, that, that really don't understand, you know, the, the unintended consequences that can occur with some of these uh, relaxation of rules, you know, for a long time, there was, you know, the one-time transfer, um, that required that you sit a year in residence, uh, you know, it got focused on just, you know, men's basketball and football and everyone cried that that was unfair. And so, so I guess a, a long answer to this is, 
in many ways, we're doing exactly what the students wanted, but they just didn't recognize that there were going to be consequences that could have negative impacts on them. And when you're allowed to transfer one time without sitting out, and there's this transfer portal that, you know, that, that looks like this free agent marketplace, um, you know, it's really easy for kids to kind of give up on their current situation. And, you know, if, if you look at kids that have been impacted by actually in many cases a beneficiary of the transition that occurred two years ago. And, you know, I mean, so, you know, you, 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 you said it at kind of your closing, you know, it is just what it is. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate. Um, there's negative impact. I, I feel for those students because it's disruptive. Fort Collins and Colorado State are an awesome place to be and, and take your educational experience. Uh, but, you know, there's also flexibility in the system now that permits um, students to make their own choices and, and, and coaches to focus on the quickest way to, to build a program that they believe is going to have success. And I've said from the very start of my tenure here at CSU, you know, I'm, I'm going to allow coaches to, to manage their rosters, to determine who's going to uh, be a part of those rosters and who's going to, you know, what role they're going to serve. Now the, the final decision as it relates to scholarship and financial aid is going to be made administratively. And, and we've made some choices to support students in that space. Um, um, inappropriately so, and, and in some cases we haven't, but, you know, our, our primary focus in this day and age is to try and navigate students that are close to their bachelor's degree to get them there. And beyond that, if we, you know, if it means that they have to transition somewhere else to finish their degree, then, then that's, you know, a reality of where we're at in this, in this, at this moment in time. But it's, it's certain, it's a byproduct of, of what, you know, people thought was going to be in the best interest of students. So we got to live with that now. So when a player decides to enter the portal, uh, do they have exit interviews with members of the athletic department? Um, and does CSU have people in charge who guide them through the process? You kind of hinted at it uh, with your last answer. Yeah, we, we, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to provide appropriate education to students on, on what, you know, the consequences of decisions are going to mean. Um, you know, when a student comes to us and has to be placed in the portal, you know, the first thing that we inform them, if, if, you know, if they aren't within a semester or a summer of graduation, you know, where they could leave as a graduate transfer, we're going to tell them, you know, you're, 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 you're going to have to sign a financial aid cancellation form because we've got to free up the scholarship dollars for our coaches to recruit someone that, you know, that has an opportunity to play here and, 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 you know, under the existing leadership. Um, and then we, you know, we counsel them, you know, as much as possible on, on, you know, how to position themselves for opportunities ahead. I think our coaches do a, a really good job in continuing to invest in students and using their relationships to help them find opportunities elsewhere. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not a perfect system. And, and, you know, as you see, I think, you know, we've gone through a couple cycles now and, and when students are in the portal, they, they oftentimes don't find, find a better opportunity than where they were before or, or, uh, or even an opportunity at all. You know, I don't know, you know, I haven't seen any analysis yet about how many students enter the portal and, and never get out with a scholarship opportunity again. But, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we, we made a decision too. you know, the A5, they, they've committed to kind of a four-year scholarship. You know, there's ways that they can, 
back away from that commitment. But we, we, you know, just where we're at and how we have to maintain our own flexibility and how we have to work, look after, you know, the interest of the institution, just from a resource perspective, we've said that, uh, you know, our scholarships and every one of our sports are annual renewals. So basically a student, you know, has to, has to earn the opportunity each year. So with the COVID year, with players going in and out, what exactly is the NCAA mandated scholarship count for next season? And what will our numbers be like for 2022? Yeah, it's, it's a, it, in, in football, it's 85. So the scholarship limits have not changed. You just had to, you know, manage, you know, COVID year eligibility and, you know, uh, you know, first year students, you, you know, you just had to make your choices to make sure that you navigated to the, the scholarship limit in every one of our sports. We've been talking about this throughout the conversation, but the the momentum and enthusiasm we're seeing among the fan base has been really pleasant. Uh, and I feel like it's largely because, or at least partly because of the engagement we're seeing from the football staff on social media, not just Coach Norvell, but the entire offensive staff that's already on board and, you know, through the whole recruiting cycle there, well, cycle, two, two weeks of recruiting. Is, is this an example, though, at where especially at CSU, where you know, there's a lot of options in, in Colorado, you, there's there's a lot of outdoor activities, a lot of other professional sports. So people have options. But it when, when you have a coaching staff that is engaging and you have a product that is engaging, is this an example where though that this kind of this kind of people in charge of a program can really um, have a positive impact on a program at CSU? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, we, we've seen it in our other programs. You know, look at what Tom Hilbert's done in his tenure here. You know, I mean, he walks down College Avenue in Old Town and, you know, he he can't, you know, get a block without having probably two or three or four conversations with people that, that know him, um, that he's, uh, you know, created authentic relationships with. And that translates into, you know, the people that support his program, uh, both financially and with their their presence in the arena. You know, I bet you if you pulled the people that watch women's volleyball, many of them probably are in there only because they first met Tom and felt compelled to support him. You know, you see it with what Coach Medved is doing with men's basketball. Um, you know, he's got a, a staff, I think, that, that uh, you know, behaves a lot like uh, Coach Norvell's staff is, is behaving and will continue to behave as it relates to fan engagement. And, you know, they've got relationships that have meant – uh, great things with fan engagement, fan attendance. You know, you see it with Ryan Williams. I mean, there are people that care about women's basketball because they met Ryan and his wife, Lindy, and, and um, you know, the staff that he has. And, you know, we, we see it in all of our programs, you know, every one of them. It's important for them to find sort of their, their, their community within the community and, and begin to kind of build those relationships. So I, you know, I mentioned earlier in my comments, you know, we're going to be very intentional about you know, an engagement plan uh, to help us really, you know, keep uh, keep active interest in our in our football program and and make sure that that people you know have strong awareness and feel compelled to be a part of this. Uh, but but you know, I'm I'm ready for some wind at our backs. You know, some some you know we've fought headwinds for a long time, and I feel like you know now we've got an opportunity to really hit the reset button and get people energized. And I'm enthusiastic, and I want to you know. Hopefully, you know, people recognize that, that, that we want them to be a part of it and they need to be a part of it. So you just talked about that energy. Um, I have not seen the Ram Nation community completely on board with something. T 
to this effect for basically ever. <laughs> um, so from what we see, can you tell us a little bit about the feeling at McGraw and, and Canvas and, and what have you seen and heard from our, our fan base? Yeah. I mean, just everything that you've witnessed. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, um, you know, we, we've, we've had a couple receptions and, and gatherings, the press conference, you know, anytime we pull ourselves together, uh, the St. Mary's game, you know, for men's basketball, you know, we'd made the decision and we were in search mode at that moment in time. And I mean, the number of people that were just energized that we were in the market seeking new leadership. And then, you know, with the announcement with, with Jay and, and every day since, you know, the, the momentum just keeps building and, you know, we just got to keep it going. Um, you know, we're in the market now for renewals and, you know, we, we've been this whole week, we've been out visiting with people that were kind of in, at the end of their five-year term on their premium seating and haven't, haven't been told no. Uh, every one of them is like, absolutely. I'm, I'm in again, I'm re-upping. Uh, renewals are, are great right now for, for football season tickets. We've had new sales activity, which is pretty uncommon at this point in time, but, but, you know, we need magnitudes that we've never seen before. You know, I mean, it, you know, I don't want just, you know, you know, striving for 30,000, you know, I want sellouts. I want our students to be, you know, in the stadium, filling, cheering, you know, staying, uh, deep into the fourth quarter, you know, it, and that, that was one of the things too, that came out in our team, our visit with uh, the team and in small groups. And, and they were, you know, they were pretty candid about, you know, the fan support and what that means for their motivation to play on behalf of CSU. And, and that's the one thing that I don't think people quite understand, you know, when you go negative on social media directly at our students, that has an impact. And, you know, you don't want to be that person. And I don't know, you know, I mean, when we point that out, you know, I mean, we get criticized for it. And that's maybe just where we're at as a nation and as a community. But, but honestly, if we want to push this thing forward in the direction that everyone professes we want to go at this moment in time, we're going to have to really, all of us buy into being, you know, more positive than we may want to be. I mean, it's, it's really, really critical, really, really important to capture the momentum that we're creating with this coaching change and just accelerate it into the future because time is of the essence. I feel the urgency. I hope everyone else does. Yeah, great stuff, Joe. Again, congratulations on that hire. It's, uh, it's invigorating and it's, it's created a lot of hope for next year and beyond. So I appreciate all the work that went into getting that done. Shifting gears to basketball. Obviously, we've had a pause again. I was hating the, the pause. I thought we'd never have pauses ever again. I was hoping for that anyway. What's the status of the, the two basketball programs and their COVID situation right now? Yeah, still still sorting through kind of the near term. I mean, I think, I think the really positive thing is, is that, um, you know, and I'm always a glass half full. I'm always going to look for the, you know, the positive aspect. You know, I, I referenced to you the other day, the stock, paradox you know so <laughs> yes. you gotta embrace the brutal reality of where you're at but yes but have uh, unyielding enthusiasm for you know for what is ahead and, and I feel that for our basketball program both of them right now um, you know the body work that they've created 
and, and what's ahead, you know, they still have the opportunity to accomplish all the goals that they've set them for themselves and possibly even more. Um, uh, but yeah, we've, we've lost uh, two non-conference games and we've got a, a Mountain West meeting uh, today at noon that, that hopefully will provide a little more clarity on, on where what's ahead. But, you know, I hate the word pause. Um, you know, I thought we would never use it again. Um, vaccination is important to, you know, pulling us forward. Um, boosters are going to be important for that. And, and just, you know, eventually, hopefully, you know, more comfort with, you know, just, we, you know, we've got to figure out a way to live and cope with COVID. And, um, you know, we're not quite there yet, but, you know, I, I sympathize and empathize with the public health officials that drive these decisions and, and want to do our part to protect the community. And, and that's, where we're at at this moment in time, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be pivoting soon back into play. Are the uh, are the men's New Mexico game next week and Boise State women's game are those in jeopardy at all? Uh, still, still working through that. I think we'll have you know more clarity by end of business today on on where we'll be with both of those both of those games. So we had games canceled with Tulsa and, and Alabama on the men's side, and then. Northern Illinois on the women's side. So what went into those decisions to drop these games and, and who exactly was involved? Yeah. So from, you know, from the onset, the university has a group that's done really incredible work, incredible service to the institution. It's the PPT, the pandemic preparedness team. It was organized by president McConnell. And uh, you know, we, you know, through the, 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 you know, the more intensive COVID year before the vaccine, we met with them weekly and reviewed everything that was going on within each of our programs and, and applied their guidance to our decision making. Um, and we still do. Uh, but, but, you know, up until this moment, you know, the, the meetings were more perfunctory and not, you know, not, not really, you know, coming with any weight, just more briefings and updates and, you know, kind of understanding where things were, were going within the broader community. Uh, but, but ultimately they make all of the decisions as it relates to whether we're going to have teams involved with, you know, active team activities. So it was, it was their, their guidance that, you know, that, that uh, took us to the moment that we're in right now. And, and, and that's best, you know, I mean, you know, we're, I'm not a public health official. I'm not an epidemiologist. I feel like I've got a minor in it right now after everything we've been through mm -hmm. and the amount of discussion that's taken place. But, but uh, you know, they they have to. You know, fortunately, they, they they step away from you know all the pressures that that we feel as it relates to athletics. And you know, our our, our students want to compete. Our coaches want to compete. And and for that reason, they're probably not the best decision makers in those sorts of moments. So we you know we have discussions, deep discussions with the PPT. And, and then, you know, they, they kind of reflect on where we're at and the public health guidance. And it all kind of comes down from the CDC and then gets, you know, filtered through each of the organizations that, that help us, you know, apply, you know, the guidance and policies to our, to our campus and to our community. Um, but, but, you know, ultimately it was a decision made by public health through the PPT and, and we support it and, um, you know, I think, I think that the silver lining is, is that, you know, although it's not fun, you know, and there's not a great time, but if, you know, if you hit a pause moment, once you're deeper into the conference schedule, you know, it, it could, you know, it, you know, the, you know, we lost 
two non-conference games and, and yet sort of kind of pending on the first conference game, you know, so there's a potential to lose two or three or even four games, you know, if you're, if you're in the heart of the season. So for our team, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll come out strong and, you know, pick up where we left off and just be able to cruise right through the conference schedule without any disruption. Yeah. You think back to last year and the, the pause that we had, it did not have a great, at least initial effect when we came back to play <laughs> against St. Mary's, but uh, so not looking for any specifics here, but do we have players that are actually sick or is it just asymptomatic testing? Yeah, I, I think I'd say the majority of the people that have tested positive have been asymptomatic or very light symptoms. And so that, I think that's what leads to the frustration for those that are, are you know, have, have tested positive is that they don't, they don't feel sick. Um, you know, so uh, that's where, that's where the decision is best made outside of, you know, the athletic space, because it's, it's the, you know, it's the protect, you know, the other people, you know, it's, it's the isolation. It's the, um, you know, that's important to making sure that, you know, the virus doesn't, that the players themselves don't serve as, as vectors to the broader community or to more people on campus. Right. So for football, I don't remember seeing anything specific to basketball, but I know prior to the football season, the Mountain West policy was if you had a game canceled due to COVID, you'd forfeit. What, what is the situation with basketball and how, how would we avoid a forfeit if we had to pause uh, a Mountain Joel, West game? You are, you are wired into everything. You just you, you cover every angle. So um, we, we had a conversation on Monday, the ADs of the Mountain West, the Mountain West staff to – reflect on that decision that was made in the summer when the environment felt quite a bit different. You know, everyone thought the vaccine was going to be, you know, um, you know, sort of the, the ultimate um, safeguard against, against, uh, you know, pause and play. And, and, you know, there was concern based on what had emerged through the more intensive COVID year that there might be some gamesmanship and people, you know, deciding they couldn't play for more opportunistic reasons based on, you know, standings and things like that. Uh, so we thought we'd put some teeth in it. And now we're in a different place. Uh, it feels different than it did this summer. You know, I think what uh, I can't remember who was kind of actively counting teams that were being disruptive, but I think it was like 32 collegiate teams. And we're obviously seeing it at the pro level too. Um, so so to answer your question, you know, we're, we're, we're rethinking it um, before the conference season starts. We want to have a chance to, to kind of thoroughly review where we were at, vet that decision and, and make sure, you know, we're making the most appropriate uh, decision to, to put, you know, all of our teams, but particularly the teams that have the greatest opportunities based on, you know, the, the strength of, of their performances to date to, to make sure that we, keep them um, in the best possible position as it relates to, you know, angling for postseason play. So uh, that we do have another meeting today, midday, and, and I would expect that there'll be uh, maybe some decisions coming from that, um, a recommendation to the board of directors from the Mountain West, and then, and, and then eventual decision on the part of the presidents. But still in flux, if we weren't able to play New Mexico on the 28th, it's not necessarily a forfeit at this point. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's being evaluated if, you know, if we want to continue with our current policy or if we want to, you know, if we want right. to move, the, you know, kind of the framework of a no contest. Right. 
And then how about the the already canceled games, the, the non-conference games? Is there any ramifications to that? Is it just a no contest? Is there a forfeit that counts against us in any way? No, just just a no contest. So, you know, games, games not recorded, games not played. So gotcha. no, no impact on wins and losses. As a matter of fact, did you see this week we, we rose two spots in the yes. national standings? So. I had a buddy text me, said, well, we just canceled the rest of the season. Maybe we'll win the national championship. <laughs> Let's not do that. I'd rather yeah. resume play and continue to play well and compete. Um, right. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, there was probably the biggest one was, you know, our, our, our win against Creighton and Creighton's uh, uh, game you know, their victory over Villanova. So that mm-hmm. was a, an assist, I think, in helping yeah. us run. Now, you, you just mentioned it. We rose to two more spots in, in the two major polls. Uh, we're ranked 21st now. We're 35th in the Ken Palm, or you were as of last night. Obviously, it's more important to have this happen at the end of the season. But what's it like <laughs> with, with the program? and within the athletic department to see us ranked and being recognized so early in the season? Uh, it's pretty special. You know, it's, it's what we fight for every day. You know I mean? We, we talk a lot as a department about, you know, building a championship culture. And this is, this is the expectation, you know, we, we, you know, when we get the coaching cohort together, the head coaches, we, talk a lot about, you know, what competitive excellence looks like. And, and we've defined that, you know, within our own league, you know, we want to have every one of our programs finishing consistently in the top three of the conference. And if you're doing that, there's going to be, you know, opportunities every so often to put, you know, the magic together that brings, you know, the hardware home, um, you know, so, you know, when we hired Nico four years ago, this is what we talked about when we were with him, um, in a conference room in a, in a hotel in, in Chicago. And this is the vision that we talked about and that we aspired for and that we've resourced ourselves for. And, you know, it's what Nico had seen here. It was one of the compelling reasons that he felt that he wanted to be a part of this again, is that he'd seen us kind of at that apex moment. And, and now four years into it, we've, we've kind of built ourselves back to that. And, um, I, I was actually with a f- former player, um, Bill Ellis, who'd worked here on campus. And golly, there may have been one time that we were eighth, 18th in the nation, I think. I think that's what he said. I, you know, he probably he knows the history better than I would, but that's the highest ranking we've ever achieved. Um, you know, kind of in season was 18th in the nation. So we're we're getting close to that. Um but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see our teams get that kind of recognition and that's what you build on. Right. I mean, people, students want to be a part of winning traditions and, and that's what we've got to aspire to in all of our programs. Exciting times, Joe. So what, uh, all the students get to go home for, for holiday break. What, what happens with the student athletes who are still competing right now? What do they do on Christmas Eve, Christmas? Uh, it, it just, it depends. It's kind of team specific. You know, I think they try and create a team opportunity that gets them together for a meal. Um, you, you know, I know that, you know, that's what always happens at Thanksgiving. Christmas might feel a little bit different. Um, uh, you know, Nico felt it was important. I think for those students that, that could travel home, they, they've been given that opportunity to do so. So, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a big commitment. You know, I mean, you, you make a lot of sacrifices when you're a student athlete, you know, you, 
you don't get to celebrate a lot of the, the family time together, but there's other moments, you know, that's what made last year so special. And when, when we finally got down to Texas and there was no fan restrictions and we were competing in the NIT because, you know, those families were starved to be together. And, mm-hmm. and it was really neat to see them see that togetherness again. What will you, Jen, and the kids do this Christmas? Uh, uh, kids are coming home. Will flew in last night from Dallas and Emma comes in from Salt Lake City tonight. Um, so we'll, they'll be, we'll be together until Sunday when they both return and, uh, yeah, they're proud Rams. They are, they are, they're, they're excited. They're energized just like everyone else. Awesome. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Joe and in the family and, uh, you too, Michael, but appreciate all your time as always. Yeah, absolutely. Guys. By the way, congratulations on a great hire and, and a great year for all your work. Appreciate well, great job. Congratulations to all of us. Now we just got to pick up and keep moving forward together on this. All right. Thanks, Joe Parker. All right. Before we close, let me encourage you to visit Mighty River Brewing Company. They're great supporters of RamNation.com. They've offered tons of free beer and growlers and beer flights for our contest winner. So I know people have been enjoying that. They have $5 pints on Mondays and Tuesdays, Brewery Bingo on Wednesdays. And this Thursday, they're releasing their new beer, the Hawaiian Haze Pineapple Mango Hazy IPA. <laughs> Owner Dan Miller is just saying F it, I guess, with uh, this winter vibe. But uh, as he's going, you know, summer feel on this Hawaiian beer. But uh, you check that out. And you can also check out their other new release from the Barrel Aged series called In the Deep. It's an English old ale. It's aged in old elk bourbon barrels. Released it last week. It's available on draft in the tap room or in four-pack cans to go. Try those or any of their other 14 beers on tap. Dan Miller is a great Ram fan, longtime Ram Nationer. Stop in and say hello to him. Thank him for all he does. Show Ram Nation on your phone and get a dollar off your beers. That's Mighty River Brewing Company. All right, I just want to thank Joe Parker for spending almost an hour with us. Mike Rowe, also for your time. And to all of you listeners, really appreciate you and, and all the positive feedback we get. It's funny when we miss a week and I get bombarded by texts and whatnot. Hey, when, when's the next podcast? It's humbling because I guess that means that you guys enjoy it. And it's just a couple of us guys that love talking about the Rams. That's all it is. So we appreciate the fact that you guys are interested and hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. I'm not sure if we'll do one, uh, an episode next week. Depends if we're able to get uh, a guest that we're trying for. Uh, if not, we'll catch you guys next year. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Go Rams. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.